Awesome. Thank you, worship team. I appreciate those songs. Uh, what a blessing it is to have something to sing about. Um, I realize that most of you, uh, as you've tuned in, um, it's it's very interesting that you can tune in from far and near. Um, I, I want to tell you I'm, I'm super excited that others can share in this with us that are far away, family and friends. <laughs> I realize that many of us are still uh, thinking about uh, the virus, the worldwide pandemic, and I, I want to encourage us to pray uh, both for leaders and uh, family members, people you know that are struggling, if you're struggling, crying out to the Lord on your own behalf, but also uh, that we would pray as a church that we would remain faithful uh, during this time. And I want to pray right now, uh, just pray a prayer for our church and those who are affected. Um, and so please join with me in prayer. God, we thank you for uh, your constant provision, your your love for us, your care. We realize that uh, you are worthy and that you being kind and good to us is part of your nature, but we don't deserve it. God, we are struggling in our world right now. You see us struggling. You know our hearts, uh, not just in our city or town and uh state, but our country and world as well. And so, God, we ask that you would help us, that you would uh, show yourself mighty uh, to those who um, trust in you, but also to draw others to yourself. God, we ask for health. Uh, We realize that uh, part of living in a sinful world is that our bodies will fall apart and there is sickness and disease. And God, we ask for relief. God, we also ask for maybe the greater issue is that you'd calm our hearts from fear. God, we are afraid of many things and we fear uh, in so many different ways that we fear for our safety, we fear for our health, we fear for our family, our future. Uh, God, calm our fears. Help us to trust in you for the day and the days ahead. God, I ask that you give strength to the weary. God, it seems for us that uh, this has gone on longer than we expected. And so we, we ask that you give us faithfulness and cause us not to become weary and forget about you, but trust in you as the days go on. God, we ask for wisdom and grace, both, both for us here uh, locally uh, in our families and uh, as we lead our our families, our children, our, our extended family. God, we ask for wisdom, but we also ask for wisdom uh, for world leaders right now, that they would not act in selfishness and uh, that they would think what is best and that they would even draw near to you in this time. Specifically, Lord, we ask that you would eradicate the COVID-19 virus that you would help us get over this. And God, I also pray uh, for gospel churches that we would have grace and wisdom and power, that we would um, serve you 
and know how to reach and to care for those people that you have brought into uh, our sphere of influence. God, help us not to think ourselves great, but rather think of the good news of your gospel as being great and the, the gift of your Son and that your love for us displayed in Him. God, glorify yourself in our time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to look around to see who's in church today, just make sure uh, you're all here. And uh, it, it is, I, I don't have any of those faces and, or even stuffed animals or anything, but I do miss seeing you where you sit. Uh, what a blessing it is to know that you're, you're still walking with the Lord outside of there. Many of you have contacted. Uh, I know Caleb mentioned that we'd love to hear from you. Uh, as you hear from us, we'd love to hear from you as well. See pictures. I had one of our previous elders. It has nothing to do with him being a previous elder, but uh, his wife sent me a picture um, of him in his bathrobe and a tie as he was going to church last week. Um, and you know who you are. It's good to see you, Ken. Um, but uh, we are people uh, that gather as a church, and we look forward to this. And uh, don't don't fear for the future. I know that um, there's a lot of things going on with churches. Some churches are even meeting this morning, and uh, I, I want to tell you this will not go on forever. Uh, this is not some. This is a temporary thing. Even uh, as we go forward, we realize that God has called us to meet together, uh, that we would see each other, that that we would hear from one another, that we'd be able to uh, hug one another. I'm a hugging pastor, and so this is a rough time for me as well. Um, this morning we are talking about, I'm talking about, an issue, an issue of faith, to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, I realize that, that most people uh, who don't know Jesus, the idea of someone rising from the dead, uh, you know, when you're dead, you're dead. And there's no hope after that. And so rising from the dead seems like a huge, huge leap. And even the idea of it being fictional or some kind of fairy tale that you're believing in. Uh, I make no apologies this morning that we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it's an issue of faith. But I want to tell you, it's not an issue of uh, unreasonable faith or faith that uh, is ridiculous. Uh, it is a reasonable thing. We look to the scriptures we realize that it has authority. We realize that it's accurate. We realize that it's inspired by God. We realize that it's inerrant. And so as we look to that, we realize it tells the story. Um, it tells of Jesus' bodily resurrection. I think of other things in my life that I have uh, heard about, known about, uh, been taught about that are interesting as well. Uh, our, when I was in... Uh, School. I don't know what year this was. They start telling you about this when they talk about the scientific method. They tell you about spontaneous generation. Now, spontaneous generation uh, was a label given to uh, a theory or a thought that if you have dead meat, if you have meat lying there, that maggots will appear, and it'll be a spontaneous thing, a spontaneous generation. Well, uh, they figured out later that if you cover the meat and so nothing could get in, the maggots disappear. They never show up. Spontaneous generation 
uh, was disproven. Also think about other things that we look at in faith and we uh, can't necessarily uh, test them or prove them. Is the world flat or is the world round? Uh, how do you know? Well, you know, you've read in books, you've seen pictures, but ultimately you can't put the world in a Petri dish and study it. You can't get a hold of the whole world and see its size. And so we believe in faith uh, what we've been told and what we have seen in pictures and studies. Something maybe much more simple Do your brakes work on your car? You trust that they do, right? Especially around here in Tehachapi. We have have hills that we go down and we catch a lot of speed. And and we're assuming that our brakes, when we hit the brake, it will stop the car. Do you know how brakes work? Uh, Kind of. You push the lever down and it stops. Maybe that's as deep as your knowledge goes of brakes on a car. Maybe some of you are a lot smarter. You know where they are and how they kind of put together. But the idea that they're going to work when you put your foot on it uh, is truly an act of faith on your part. And maybe even a greater part that you would drive on the road with other cars that you're even have faith that their brakes are going to work as well and that they're paying attention. There's plenty of things that we uh, take on faith but not on foolish faith, on reasonable faith. It leads us to believe. And so this morning, as we look uh, to the resurrection, we are going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 15, a, a, a pretty significant uh, chapter, long chapter, that speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I won't talk about all of it, but I want to bring out some highlights uh, from that chapter and hope that that would encourage your heart this morning. As we begin, (coughs) the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, one of Paul's writings, writing to a a church that struggled. But as he comes to kind of a conclusion, he wants them to know that this gospel, as part of it, the resurrection is a critical piece. In 1 Corinthians 15, the, the first part, Chapter 15, verse 1, he says this, Now I I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand. He wanted to remind him of the gospel. And the gospel just means good news, but it's the message of Jesus. It's the message that we believe and trust in. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, this first part, gives us kind of a bullet point uh, description of the gospel. I want to give it to you this morning because uh, in verse 2 it says, and by which you are being saved. This is the only message, this is the only good news if you desire to be saved from your sins. If you don't, figure out whatever you want. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Um, in fact, uh, probably listening to this uh isn't all that important to you because if you don't want your sins forgiven, if you don't want to have eternal life, this is the message of Jesus. That's what he came to extend to you. Anyways, uh, verse 2 says this, and, and which you are being saved, if you hold fast the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you 
as of first important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then the twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. They were alive at the writing, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, He appeared to me also. That's the simple gospel. Jesus died, He was buried, rose again. The gospel that saves, that Christ died for sinners, that He was buried in a tomb. I shared this with the kids. He was raised from the dead. There, there's a word in there. Is very, there's three words that are very important for us to hear. According to the Scriptures, right? That's what it, it is. It's according to what God has written. And then lastly, I would say this, that it's, he was, there were eyewitnesses. We believe that in a court of law, that, that when somebody has seen it with their own eyes, and it wasn't just one, it was over 500. We realize that that is the message of Jesus, that He died, was buried, rose again. The gospel that saves, trusting in His work instead of our own. As you go on in the book of, uh, in the chapter, chapter 15, you see this. Uh, skipping down to verse 19. He, he talks about life without resurrection. What, what would it be like? Jesus did uh, rise from the grave. He did do that. He, he was raised. The, the scripture doesn't say there's this idea that he, he might not have, he could have. No, it says that he did uh, come out of the grave. He became alive again. He was risen from the dead. But there's a section in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, what if? What if he hadn't uh, come out of the grave? In, in verse 19, it says this, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. We see the conclusion, if Christ had stayed dead, that he had, he had not come alive, that the tomb was uh, filled with the remains of, of his body, that he decayed, that it was over. We are most to be pitied. Why? Because our resurrection is tied to his resurrection. You think about what it is that many people believe all Christianity is today. They they would say, well, to you know, your religion, your believing in Jesus, it's a crutch. And it helps you live. And if it helps you live, that's fine. That's good for you. But this passage tells us if it's only for this life, if it's only for this time, you're most to be pitied. The joke's on you. Your life, your following after Jesus is for nothing. You think about it. Have you known somebody who's gotten sick and now they're healthy again? Have you known somebody who... who uh, gets married and enjoys their marriage and they have children and they enjoy their life. They, they live in a beautiful place. We live in a beautiful place. Maybe I'm talking about some of your neighbors. They, they enjoy life. They're having life. They uh, go about their day. They have money. They've been able to live and enjoy and laugh. And all, all these things are part of this life. 
but they don't know Jesus. And you say, well, I know Jesus, and it's helpful for me. And they say, well, you live your life, and I'll live mine. But know this, that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we who have trusted in Jesus, we who believe in Him, we who have built our life around Him, live our days with Him, we are the people that are most to be pitied. We're hoping for Jesus, but there's no resurrection. This life is all there is. Goes on later, he brings us up later. One of the conclusions, if this isn't true, is eat, drink, and be merry, because nothing else matters. He highlights this. It's most to be pitied, kind of the jokes on you. It's empty in the end. Life without the resurrection would mean that there is no hope. We're hoping in Jesus, but there is no hope in that beyond this life which we come to verse 22, and really that whole section, but this is kind of the the capsule of that section of what eternal life in Christ is. He says this in verse 22, he says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Jesus did rise from the dead. And he takes us back to the history of mankind. And he goes to the, the first man, the Adam, if you will, the, the, the one that was the beginning. And as you can read in uh, first three chapters of the, the book of Genesis, you can see creation and perfection and the Adam and Eve coming to this earth and being a part of it, having dominion over the garden. And then you have them rebelling and Adam rebelling in such a way that he committed that first sin and so infected and affected all of us. And so uh, he gives us the important theological piece that because of Adam's sin, we are like him in that Adam had died, we all die in our sins. We are dead because of our sins. And all are in Adam. All are in Adam. But then he goes on to describe what eternal life is in Christ. He says, So also in Christ, in what He has done in His death and resurrection, shall all be made alive. And I'd say it this way. Those who are in Adam are dead in sin. All those who are in Christ are alive with Him. I want to tell you that all of us have sinned, but not all of us are in Christ. But all of us, as we trust in Christ, we can be in Christ. And in so having the life that He won, the victory that He won, we have that too. We do not have to be dead in Adam anymore. Which brings us to verse 42. Verse 42, and in this section... It talks about the resurrection change, and it's so such a stark contrast. Life that we had before with life that we now have in Him. It's a stark contrast, and there, line after line are bringing out this distinction, this resurrection change that God has given us, and, 
and given us in His Son, Jesus. In verse 42, it says this. So is it with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown perishable, what is raised imperishable? Verse 43, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. And then it goes on. We see that what happens because of Jesus is the temporary and the incapable, the, the things that are weak in us, are replaced by the eternal and the glorious life that we have in the resurrected Jesus. It's amazing. Go through this section and just read that and you go, wow, things have changed, but not just changed by way of like getting something just like it, but something far more magnificent do we have in Jesus. That which is eternal, that which is glorious because of what Christ has done. Which brings us to the last part of chapter 15. And in verse 57, and the section is one of death. One of death. And we talk a lot about death in our culture today, right now, in our time, right now in history. You can go on, on your computer and pull up your favorite news organization that you follow. And most likely on that front page, the, 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 you can find how many people died in the United States from the coronavirus. You can find a number there. And those numbers represent real people and real families and people that are grieving and that hope is over for their life. It's a section on death. And it's meant to instruct us as believers in Jesus Christ of what we have because of the resurrection. And it concludes with these two verses, and I love them. I hope they'll be an encouragement to you today, whatever's going on in your life. And not just for today, but that this would be your eternal hope. The victory won. Verse 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. A few things about this that I, I want to encourage you about. First of all, the victory is yours. The victory is yours because of Jesus. The victory is yours. I, I hope that uh, is something cemented in your mind. That it's not, uh, it doesn't change with the weather. The sun finally came out outside. I hope you're going to enjoy it today. I, this idea that says, I'm going to check in to see how things are going before I live. And I want to tell you that because of what Christ has done, you have the permanent victory, the eternal victory. It's important for us to remember that it says that God deserves the praise and the thanks. We're not good enough, none of us. You see, I, I, I like to present myself as having it all together. Well, it's pretty hard to do that, isn't it? Especially when we're selfish sinners filled with pride. And it's going to come out and you're going to be embarrassed. And, and what do you do with that? I want to tell you, it's not because of what you have done that you've won the victory. It's be what because of what God has provided with you in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He gives us the victory. 
He gives it to us. I know we like to think of ourselves as self-made people, doing it on our own. We can take care of ourselves. I want to tell you, we can't take care of ourselves, our sin debt. God gave us the victory in His Son, Jesus. We have this victory because of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. That last verse, uh, that may be a great battle cry for us in these days. Because of what Jesus has done, because He died, He rose again, won the victory for us. We can do this. We can be steadfast, immovable. We can abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain, because Jesus won the victory. Grateful. This is what we believe and continue to trust in. That God who who became man lived a sinless life. He went to the cross dying to pay for our sin, our sin debt. He rose again, conquering sin and death for me, giving me the victory, giving me eternal life. Because of Jesus, we stand here having a great hope today, waiting, if you will, for our eternal life to go to be with Jesus forever. This is our message. This is our message of life and hope. God, we ask your blessing on this message in us, us as a people. We ask that you would help us to trust in you and walk with you. God, I hope that as we continue on, that you would continue to prompt our hearts to trust you in prayer, to walk with you, to be faithful. We realize that we are faithless people, and yet, Uh, As you do your work in us, you can help us take another step, walk with you another day. God, we ask your richest blessing on your church. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Thank you. Thank you for listening and being a part of us today. Um, Where we're going from from here, what we're going to do now is we're going to hear from our elders. We're going to hear from our elders. Now, I just want to remind you uh, that these are not paid actors. These are real elders of Bear Valley Church, uh, just sharing a little bit of their hope in Jesus Christ and encouragement to you. As we watch this, uh, we'll watch this, and then we'll sing one more song as we conclude our time today. Thank you for listening.